Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A young girl, Lakshmi, uh, leaves her home in a quiet village in Nepali, Himalayas, uh, the expectation of a job in a big city in, in India. Upon her arrival, um, she soon realizes that she has been trafficked into a prison brothel where she must struggle daily to survive against impossible odds. A U.S. photographer, played by Gillian Anderson, uh, hears desperate cries for help and enlists a local NGO to spearhead a dangerous mission to rescue her. And that is the premise, the setup for the film Sold. Um, the director of the film is Jeffrey Dean Brown. He is a uh, Academy Emmy and Peabody Award winner um, and has directed many TV shows, uh, including L.A. Law, Wonder Years, and many others, as well as we're joined by Jane Charles. And she is the producer. She's an award-winning producer, um, has done tremendous work through uh, her career working um, on such uh, projects as 21 Jump Street, Booker, Wise Guy, obviously some, uh, some TV, as well as worked within uh, the uh, world of videos with Sting, Harry Connick Jr., and others. So it, it, this is, uh, as well as who's not here, but Emma Thompson's also executive director of this film, Sold. But we're here with uh, Jeffrey Dean Brown and Jane Charles. Uh, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for being here. Now, the film sold, um, I just sort of gave a broad outline of what it's about. It's about a specific young woman, Lakshmi, but it is obviously intended to be about a lot, a, an issue that's much broader than that. Um, I'm going to start with you, Jane. Um, how did this project come to you? Um, well, Jeffrey read the book, okay. Sold, and called me and said, you know, you have to read this book. It's amazing. I read it and, you know, called him back right away and said, whatever it takes, I'm in, you know, to make this film. And that was nine years ago. And we've been on this journey together ever since. Well, well then, Jeffrey, what you, how did you come to uh, know about the book that this is based on, Sold? Well, we had just gotten um, an investor to uh, fund a um, an outline uh, and turn it into a script. Uh, Joe Kwong, uh the first writer that, that did the adaptation, um, had a had a um, sex trafficking treatment that was about five pages. And we had an investor come in, Sissy uh, Swig, Rosalind Swig, and she she has funded us. And that was on a Thursday. And um, we were really pleased. Um, you know, I had wanted to do something on the, the trafficking of, of, of young girls uh, because I wanted to make a film that had an impact on, um, on vulnerable kids, um, a film that could really help kids. I had seen a Born Into Brothels and, and was really inspired by it. And I was also inspired by their foundational mission. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, on Sunday... Uh, of that weekend, uh, Joe's wife read a review of Sold by Patricia McCormick, and um, and and she sent it, forwarded it to me, and Joe and I both read the novel uh, on Monday, mm -hmm. and we basically optioned it on Tuesday. <laughs> I was so moved by it, um, and it was so much what we were looking for, 
And Joe's story, his treatment, took place in China, and I didn't really know China. Um, and my stepfather is Bengali. Um, my parents divorced when I was 10. And, um, so I had grown up with a lot of Indian influence, and I had gone to India as a 10-year-old and, you know, love India and love, um, like, the beauty of the culture. And so it was, I, as I read the book, I just saw it all. Um, and I was like, this is it. And um, so, so Jane came on right away, and we've been, um, you know, walking on coal ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you, I'm sure you did not, well, you never know. I know in, in the world of movie making, you never are for certain how long a project's going to going to last, how long no. you're going to be involved. But nine years seems to be a little bit on the on the long side of, of what the yeah, expectation is. usually around five. Yeah. Know, feature yeah. films on average are five. I've But I'm glad we didn't first. know. I'm glad we didn't yeah. know how long yeah. it was going to take right. because so many gifts have come along the way, and really the you know the, the the length of the journey has helped build the you know build the groundswell for the film, and also we brought on a lot of nonprofit partners to help support the release of the film, and all along the way we were meeting people that were involved in this issue, and it gave us a chance really to do some traveling to India and Nepal and the development of the film and and see this issue firsthand. We met thousands of survivors of human trafficking and met girls at um, rescue facilities and really saw, you know, the horror of this issue and knew that we wanted to do something about it. I think that we had an urgency really to get this film out because we knew it could create change. We knew that we could do something about this issue. And even in the making of the film, before it was finished, we saw change happen. We were lucky enough to be asked to um, facilitate some panels at the 2012 National Association of Attorneys General Conference. Mm -hmm. And the attorneys general learned about this issue and went back to their states and started changing things and talking about this issue. And, and we've been part of that wave because when we started, we felt very alone with this. People were not talking about it. And, and now it's been in the news a lot. And we're happy to say that, um, you know, with this attention, we really hope to see a sea change and to see a decline in, in human trafficking globally in the next several years. No. And this, this is a sort of, uh, it's a different scale. Like, there's been a lot of documentaries that partner with, uh, you know, nonprofit organizations to make change. But it's rare that you see a theatrical feature film, a fictional film, um, partner with um, major organizations to make change. And, and, you know, imagine Slumdog Millionaire partnering with um, all kinds of organizations that would help get kids out of the slums. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what we're doing with our film. We're partnered with... Uh, Save the Children, World Vision, Expat, the Test, um, Freedom Fund, UNODC, um, you know, the, a huge number of, of global uh, um, partners like United Way, you know, giants. And then we're partnered with all these like tiny on the ground, on the front lines organizations that are doing incredible work to rescue kids and, and help uh, get kids out of this uh, in India, Nepal, Shakti Shimula, uh, Meiji Nepal. Um, in, in Nepal and then in India, um, Apniyat, uh, New Light, and other organizations on the ground. So, 
you know, we're bringing um, healing, vocational training. We're building schools in Nepal that were destroyed in the earthquake to keep kids in school. Um, you know, th this film is going to do a massive amount of fundraising and work uh, to help real children that are at risk uh, to prevent them from being trafficked and also to help the kids who were trafficked restore and recover and, and, and have a way of making a living in freedom and not, you know, having to... Um, you know, be trafficked again because they haven't been vocationally trained well or yeah. educated. Well, before we get into, because I do want to talk about the scope, the scale of, of human trafficking. Um, and But I, before I do that, I want to let our listeners know that they can go to soldthemovie.com and there are uh, drop-down menus on take action, screenings, partners who have been a part of the this this film and what it's about so people can go there and begin their own journey if you will about getting involved in how we can prevent stop prevent uh, alleviate human trafficking and uh, so that's uh, sold the movie.com and there's a there are a number of ways in which you can become part of the solution in this uh, in this horrific horrific uh, this idea of trafficking human slavery you know it's something i think we assumed uh, as a civilized society was was gone uh, and in fact it seems to be in some ways flourishing and growing in ways that i don't think we could have imagined and so for people who want to they can go to soldthemovie.com to find out a little bit more now let's get into the scale i, I just mentioned at the end of the film there's a there's a number of uh, that's uh, that's uh, shown a 5.5 million women girls are is that is that where uh, the children children yeah, 5.5 million that's a, a statistic from the international labor organization and 5.5 million children are in slavery today um, that includes sex slavery and labor slavery but um, that's uh, you know though these numbers are all guesstimates and they're actually low uh, oh. they're low guesstimates um, so you know, if you look into different organizations, they say somewhere between 21 and 30 million people are enslaved today in, in sex and labor slavery. Right. Um, if, if you read from uh, one of our partners, ECPAC, uh, which works just specifically on child slavery, um, they say that uh, 1.8 million children are sexually enslaved every year, uh, like newly sexually enslaved. They're, they're they fall into this trap globally. And the statistic that I find, uh, I mean, that's a huge number. It's probably much higher. But yeah, the statistic that I always am shocked by, uh, you know, and, and didn't know when, when we jumped into this uh, long ago and began, began this process, was that the global average age of a trafficked child is 13 years old, yeah. which is the age of the kid in our film. And, um, and that that's true in the U.S., that's true uh, all over the world. That's, that's kind of really a, a horrific uh, statistic. Yeah, yeah. Janie, is there anything you want to add? Because it's just, I know the number is much higher. I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it. Just when you start to look at the places where there, you know, the sex trafficking, the sort of international sex trade that people or uh, travel that people go on to, into Thailand and the other, you know, other Southeast Asian countries, 
India is obviously in, uh, has an issue with this. I, I'm, there's, I'm no doubt in my mind that it's a, it's a much higher number, but understandably to con- be able to confirm it is difficult, if, to say the least. It is. And with children, I mean, this is something that we can all agree should not happen, you know, anywhere. And it is happening in every country. And, you know, we really have to look at educating our children early on about this issue, what this looks like in every country. And it's also a gender equality issue. It is a um, economic issue. And we have to keep children in school. And that's our taught, not trafficked um, campaign. And that's sort of our umbrella campaign is taught, not trafficked, because if you keep children in school until the age of 16, they're 80% less likely to be trafficked in any country. And so we are working with organizations like Child Reach International in Nepal who are rebuilding schools, and they've used the film already to uh, raise funds and have raised, you know, 30 to 60,000 British pounds per screening to help rebuild schools in Nepal. And those are the some of the impact pieces that we've seen happen already with the film. But it's very important that everyone just is aware about this issue, talks about it, and that we really look at how can we prevent this early on with um, not objectifying women and girls, um, raising the status of women and girls in every country, because if you raise the status of women and girls, the country does better economically. Yeah. Um, and and for people to really see that, you know, education is key in, in every way. Yeah. If you recognize the signs of trafficking in the U.S., um, it's easier to prevent it. And, you know, working with the men in the world to make sure that they realize that, you know, the biggest um, market and biggest sex buyers in the world tra- that travel for tourism sex are Westerners and... Um, that's that's a big issue. You know, there, we have to look at what's happening to our children. We have to protect children. They're, they're, all of these children are our children, and we need to make sure that we all protect them. We're, we're, and, you know, we've made we've made our film to be used as a vehicle of change. In other words, you know, we really want people to bring it to their film schools, to their uh, sororities, to their um, communities, church groups, Rotary clubs. Um, junior leagues so that people can uh, create more awareness by spreading this awareness to their friends, but also they can use the film as a dedicated fundraiser to raise funds either for local charities that are addressing this or for um, our fund that we've created, the Tottenham Traffic Fund, which is going to go direct to uh, mainly building schools in Nepal, vocational training of kids and and healing of, of survivors. Because right. uh, we really feel like if you can take a survivor and um, empower them, build them back up, um, you know, they've already been, uh, you know, it's like a cast rebirth. And when they're, when they're reborn, they're fearless. These are the ones that go into the brothels and take others out without worrying about dying. Uh, these are the ones that go to the government and lobby for change. Uh, the survivor voice is very powerful when they, um, when they, when they become, when they make that transition from victor, uh, I mean victim to um, to advocate to leader. Right, right. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Jeffrey Dean Brown, uh, the director writer of the film Sold, as well as Jane Charles, the producer of Sold, the film that we're talking about today, human trafficking. I want to talk about the film. We haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about. It. It's a terrific film. 
um, well acted. And again, we are storytellers. You are storytellers. And this is the way we get people introduced to issues like this that may be uncomfortable or they're unfamiliar with. So being able to do it through uh, literally the eyes of a, a young girl who is pulled into this against her will, who is essentially sold off. And I don't want to go down this road for too far, but there is an element of this to sort of economic deprivation in these countries where they're all struggling, everyone is struggling to make a, a, even just the most basic existence a, happen for them and their families. So there's tremendous economic pressure on these families to produce enough resources to get through their lives and part of that pressure is brought to bear in the form of this what we're talking about but it's the other stuff it's the element the the place the 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 system that's in place to facilitate all this which is right under the nose of the authority so there's a lot going on here but that's what this story is about um you got a terrific cast as i said uh, Jillian anderson is involved david arquette as well uh, i want to talk about nayar sakaya Am I saying that? Thank you. Nihar, uh, thank you. Thank the you. The actress who plays Lakshmi is the lead. Lakshmi. Well, again, the, the film is, it's, the film rests on her um, as far as the story itself, her ability to convey emotion, to be able to act through a number of different kinds of scenarios in the film. And I thought she was very good in this film. Tell us a little bit about bringing her into this process. Um, and and uh, she seems to uh, be uh, a, a, a young woman of particular uh, presence. Uh, I'll, whoever, it's a jump ball on that question. I'll just jump in on on how she came to be Lakshmi. Well, we knew, uh, you know, the whole film was on her shoulders. Yeah. Um, and we um, really uh, did a, a very extensive uh, scout for her. Well, we spent six months looking for her, literally. And uh, we saw over 1,000 kids, 700 were videotaped, um, and uh, when I saw the videotape, I was like, that's her. I, you know, we knew, and then I showed it to James, or she, we were both completely blown away. Um, she's one of those natural uh, actors who is just, um, you know, can channel um, any emotion. Um, she's, it's just so easy for her. I've worked with thousands of, of young performers, and uh, she's one of the, the most, uh, you know, incredible talents I've, I've ever worked with of any age. And uh, and then we have this amazing Indian cast, too. Uh, we have Seema Biswas, who's won every award possible in India. She was in Water. We have Ankur Vital from Slumdog. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, like, uh, just a phenomenal cast. Sushmita Mukherjee, who plays the brothel madam. Um, you know, she's a very well-known uh, television uh, actress in India. She'd never auditioned ever in her life, and she auditioned for us and, and you know, completely claimed the role. She was just incredible in her audition. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really, we had a, a great uh, talent pool to choose from. Um, there are some really phenomenal actors in India, and we have a lot of them in our film. Jane, um, when when you're putting together a film like this, in addition to casting, there's obviously a lot of other considerations that go into it. What would you identify as the maybe the biggest challenge in terms of shooting or just the logistics of how uh, Sold came together? Right. Well, we, we shot in India and Nepal, and logistics, it was a puzzle piece. You know, we prepped for quite a long time, and, and in that prep, we went back and forth to India and Nepal because really nothing happens unless you're there in India. Um, you know, it's not here in the U.S. You can call a 
someone, a cast, a casting director, you call a um, location scout in the city, and they'll go out and take location photos and send them, and you can choose from that. But really, we needed to be there in so many ways. We actually had to go back to also sign up our actors and um, and book them for the shoot. So we, you know, we did several films just or several trips just to do that. And casting, you know, we did a lot of casting on videotape, but we went back for callbacks. Um, we went back for rehearsals, and then the choosing of where to shoot. Um, the opening of the film is really beautiful. Yeah in the mountains in Nepal and um, the green rice in Nepal. Yeah. And the rice is only green in Nepal for a very short period of time. Mm. So we actually started prep in Calcutta, India, um, and brought in a lot of our keys from Mumbai. And then we, a, short, a small team um, of us, flew to Nepal while the rice was green in September and shot those opening scenes um, and, and did some tests and did some of the mountain shooting and then went back to Calcutta, finished prep, shot all of the brothel scenes um, and shot, you know, 26 days inside the house, then did another week outside in Calcutta. Then we went back to Nepal to shoot all of the um, opening scenes, you know, so we shot the opening scenes at the end, um, the scenes that are in the hut and in, in Nepal and, in the villages um, the last few days of the shoot. So well, yeah, it was a constant shuffle and, um, and definitely a big puzzle piece to put together. So, so it sounds like you were close to 40 days of shooting, 30, at least 35. We were, yeah, we were 35 and then we wow, went that's back a, yeah. and um, we, you know, we edited, you know, we started editing and then when we were going back to do some ADR work because, the voice recording in, you know, we had a really great sound recordist in India, but it's loud in everywhere you go in India. Yeah. You know, we would be shooting a scene and somebody would be ringing bells and, and doing things in the alleyway. There are always horns beeping in traffic. And so we and went crows. back to do we some sound like work. thousands of crows every morning. You were crows calling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just a lot of, a lot of experience that way. <laughs> yeah. So we went back to do some of the sound work, and we actually did some more close-ups with Niar at that time, and um, some of the steady cam running down the street, and other things because her, you know, the the whole film is really on her, and she's got such an amazing face and really expressive eyes, and we just wanted to have some more close-ups of her um, to bring those scenes, you know, to bring us closer to her in, in some of those scenes, and so we did that, and you know, we were able to, which is great because. You don't always have that luxury with a low-budget, independent feature film. Um, but we constantly worked on, you know, what, how can we make the most of what we have and how can we add more production value to, um, you know, to the film. Well, it, and, it, it and is part it's, of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful film to look at. Um, I'm two, two questions. First of all, I want to compliment uh, the director of photography, which would be Seamus Tierney. Um, Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. I knew I was going to butcher that. I don't know why, but I, something <laughs> told me that isn't what I should say. But uh, Seamus Tierney, who did a terrific job because, as you said, you've got a lot of the big open spaces stuff and then a lot of very confined stuff, close-ups, a lot of lighting issues, I'm sure, all of those things, and it, it, it has a great look to it. Um, and, um, and so what was I going to ask? So that had to tell, tell us a little bit about those challenges. Um, with um, with getting all of the different kinds of shots, um, 
Jeffrey, if you want to jump in on that one. Yeah, so there, so um, this one back to the um, to the dubbing, the looping. Uh, we did 26 days of looping uh, with all our actors. So really every sound in the film is um, is done in post production, yeah. and uh, every dialogue is, is almost every single thing is is not production track. It's not because uh, there there's so much uh, noise, you know. Um, yeah. But when we um, when we were shooting, we were shooting in very small tight quarters, a very small room, and um, <clears throat> we used something called loban. Um, Seamus really loved using loban. A loban is coconut husk on top of uh, hot charcoal, so that creates smoke. Uh, it creates an atmosphere um, that you know became the the sort of brothel atmosphere of, of people you know like smoking and, right. and partying. Um, and, and so that was very, we used that very extensively um, as part of the look of the film. And all of us, uh, you know, were like packing, like we smoked two packs a day. Um, and, and, you know, in India, when you, when you shoot a film, um, sometimes you have a one person per light. Um, you have so many crew that you don't necessarily have on a, on a Western shape. Um, and we had, uh, you know, we had close to 100 through maybe a little more. Wow. And we were in these tiny rooms, so we were tripping over each other. Um, but, uh, you know, we had great people. Our, our lead, uh, our lead uh, crew were from, a lot of them were from Mumbai, and some of them were from Kolkata, and they were awesome. They were really good. Uh, people worked really hard, had great creativity. Uh, and there was a woman named Tabashir Zusti. Mm-hmm. He did the production design of the film and the costumes, and she was just a phenomenal artist. And she brought in a great team. You know, we spent a lot of time uh, creating the brothel. Um, we took over this house, this building that was architecturally uh, identical to all these other brothels. Uh, you know, it's, it's in the same area uh, as the actual red light district, and, and they did a lot of work on the walls. And um, you know, creating the look of the place to to, and we all like the crew and cast spent a great deal of time in the red light district, looking and seeing, and then the the, the cast spent a lot of time talking to survivors, to sex workers who were in the brothels, um, doing still as sex workers, and also to women uh, who had were not only survivors but now were rescuing. Um, survivors and helping at the NGOs. So there's a, a really deep immersion uh, on every level, um, both for the look of the film and also for the, the reality of what we're recreating. And a lot of the dialogues um, came from you know, direct interviews with uh, survivors. Real one last technical question. What did you shoot on? We used an uh, um, Airy Red. Um, okay. It's called the uh, Alexa, uh, yeah. Aria well, Alexa. Yeah. Aria so Alexa, yeah. yeah. That was, that was where we shot channel. the main, yeah, that, that was where we shot the main um, everything. You know, we shot, we had two Alexas while we were shooting the film, and then we shot with the red when we went back um, to do the Steadicam work and, and some of the close-ups. Well, it looks good. It looks real good. Um, I want to remind our listeners, uh, we're speaking with Jeffrey Dean Brown, director, writer, and Jane Charles, the producer of the, of the I can't talk the, of the film Sold, uh, it's in theaters today. It had a big uh, uh, premiere uh, as we speak. It was uh, last night. Uh, it went well. It sounds like. 
Really well. Yeah. Yeah, it was Good great. We had a great turnout. We had a red carpet. We um, The film was sold out. Uh, that screening, the 710 screening sold out, and Fantastic. I think we'll have a good turnout tonight. And actually, Jeffrey and I will be there tonight with some of the actors from the film okay. for the Q&A tonight at the uh, Lemley Monica, so on 2nd and, and Santa Monica Boulevard. Excellent. Yeah, for the 710 show. 710 and, show. Um, and we'll do a Q&A after, and uh, also on the 12th, we'll do a Q&A. Well, well, and, uh, you know, we were we sold out in New York, too, and we actually had got held over in New York, so we're really pleased with that. Well, two last questions. Uh, one <laughs> one has to do with Patricia McCormick. How, what's her reaction been to the film? She's been so supportive. She's a really incredibly lovely person um, with great depth, and she's read, probably, she probably read, like, 20 drafts of the screenplay and gave, you know, notes here and there, uh, and... Um, has been very encouraging to me to take it in, in into a different direction as a film uh, because it's a different art form. But I think, you know, she really got that we were honoring the tone of the book. And um, and that was, you know, once I, I refer to the book all the time as a sort of prayer song poem. Yeah. And um, Patricia was intimate portrait. It's a very intimate portrait. You're really in this girl's shoes. And we really kept that feeling, um, you know, that's the power of the book, and I think that's the power of the film. Go ahead, and Jay. Patricia was with us in New York for the New York opening, and she, she did come out to some of the film festivals, too. But in New York, she expressed to us that it just turned out so much better than she could even imagine. And to see the characters come to life is such a gift for her. She She has seen the film now many times, and she went back last week during the week with a group of friends and she said she cried at the end and she said after seeing it all these times I can't believe I still cry at the end it still gets me but she loves the film oh that's a what a wonderful endorsement on so many different levels that uh, her reaction to that the last thing um, again the film feels like obviously there's an American audience we're intended uh, for this film uh, sort of, I think, in some ways, an educational experience, but an entertaining one in the sense of the acting. Everything about the film is technically and um, wonderful, and the acting is terrific, and all the rest of it. So it, it's an easy film for an American audience to appreciate. But it does feel like, in some ways, you're a, another significant audience that you're looking to attract to the film is in the, in the part of the world that this film is about. Um, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And, you know, we hope to, uh, the book, the novel Sold, has been translated into 32 languages. And we hope to translate our film into as many languages, ultimately, and get it into high, <coughs> excuse me, high schools all over the world. Um, <clears throat> you know, we want to create a generation of abolitionists okay. using this film and the book as a way of, um, you know, bringing awareness and, and leadership into young young people to become advocates and abolitionists. So are there plans to screen this in India, Nepal, any of the areas that were sort of in jail? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Part of the rollout for it. Well, all the... Yeah, we're, we have a long... So we're in the theaters now and through May. Um, right now we have about 30 different cities booked, and we have Tug, which is theatrical on demand, um, cinema on-demand model where you can request a screening in your area so people can go to soldthemovie.com 
and there's a screenings area. And if you don't see a screening in your area, you can request a screening in your area. And just enough tickets need to get sold to make the screening happen. And once that happens, you don't have to do anything except invite your friends to the screening. But we wanted to make it very accessible theatrically and have a good long theatrical run. Mm -hmm. And then it will be, we have an educational distributor, Rocco Films, who we love, is our educational distributor. And they'll be distributing um, the film to high schools and colleges. They're just getting started now. And so as of September, we'll be seeing sold in schools. And we're creating an educational component to go along with that. Oh, fantastic. Um, so we're waiting a little bit for all the digital, foreign, right. and, you know, down the line. Because we want people, we really want people to see this film in the theater as much as possible before it's available online. Well, I think an advantage... The beauty of uh, Target Cinema on Demand is you can use it as a, because it's a one-night screening, mm -hmm. you can actually use it as a fundraising tool, as a, as a way to, um, you know, bring a, a community together around the issue and actually raise funds to do real things, to help real kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all along we've been um, very, um, we really want, uh, you know, that when the rubber hits the road, you know, as we release the film, that we that, that it becomes a tool for change, for real change, to help real kids. And we're really uh, thrilled. Jane and a lot of our investors came to India, obviously, uh, you know, and, and got really involved in the issue. They saw the kids who were rescued at the NGOs. And then when we finished, when we wrapped shooting, uh, the investors and Jane started something called Stolen Youth in Seattle, and they raised funds for five NGOs on the ground, um, five organizations that rescue kids in the Seattle area, and have actually changed laws with town hall meetings. And we yeah, we support a coalition of organizations. So there's five organizations in Seattle that we support with our yearly luncheon. We do a, a luncheon every April. It's coming up April 18th at StolenYouth.org, and at that luncheon, we raised seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand, and then we grant it to these local organizations. And it's really changed the face of trafficking in Seattle. There's a lot more awareness. There's more education happening, and we're really advocates and fundraisers supporting the organizations that are on the ground doing the frontline work. And what Jeffrey and I want to do as we release the film is teach other communities how we can do how they can do this using the stolen youth model. And we're creating a downloadable packet for this as well called Circles of Change to show how a group of people can really create change in their own community around trafficking and how to bring them together, how to do a town hall meeting, and then um, how to put together a coalition and, and keep everyone informed so that we continue to you know, create change in our own backyard. Wow. Well, this nine-year journey has certainly taken you both to uh, places and, and to activities and to, uh, to meeting these people on the front lines, I'm sure in some in ways you couldn't have even imagined when you started. This is very true. I mean, when you meet, you know, nine-year-olds who jumped off trains because they realized they were being trafficked or 14-year-olds who have a two-year-old kid, um, you know, these kids, these children who are trafficked are, you know, they're raped 10 to 20 times a night, seven days a week, um, and their shelf life is very short. Uh, a lot of them get AIDS, HIV, yeah. um, you know, so we're, we're doing whatever we can to really move the needle forward and, and put an end to child trafficking and, and sex trafficking, and, um, yeah. you know, we're, 
really dedicated to making a difference. Like after we did the Q and A last night at the at the theater, um, we handed out candles to everyone in the audience, and we did uh, you know Instagrams of everyone holding candles to to shine a light, to, to spread the light, to dare to be the light, to end this issue. And um, that was really inspired by Lisa Christine, who's a humanitarian photographer, who is the uh, the Jillian character sort of based on and inspired by her mm-hmm. work. She's gone to 140 countries photographing labor and sex slavery, and a very, very brave person, very dear friend of ours, uh, who's traveled with us to India and continues to document this uh, this crime. Well, the, well... I just thank you so much uh, for for making the film. It is a terrific film. Um, again, I want to re- let our listeners know that the the website is soldthemovie.com, and uh, and what much of what we have been talking about is here in terms of information about being a part of it, uh, going to see the film, setting up your own screening through Tug, all taking action. There's all kinds of things. I can tell you that in some small way. This issue is penetrating the, the, the white noise that we know as, as news. I saw an article recently about identifying trafficked children in airports. There was an article that came out recently that I saw and I read a little bit about how you can recognize someone as they might, as you may see them at an airport coming from wherever to wherever uh, in terms of the, the identifying them as a, a kidnapped uh a young person and it's this is just uh, it's just an issue that will be with us probably for a very very long time we are we're uh we're we need to catch up to this issue i don't think we quite understand the scope of it in in terms of a general society so congratulations for the film for a wonderful film and congratulations for a remarkable uh, effort on both of your parts to do the do what's necessary and the right thing here i'm i'm Congratulations. Thank you. And if people want to get more news and um, learn more, they can join the campaign by texting SOLD, S-O-L-D, to 51555. Okay. So, so that text what? SOLD to 51555. Text SOLD at 51555. Right. Text okay. SOLD to five. Yeah, the number okay. when you pull up a, a text message, the number is 51555. And then you just type SOLD, lowercase or uppercase, okay. into the, the message and hit send. And you'll get a message back that says, thanks for joining the campaign. And we send out regular updates about what's happening. And if you go to our website, uh, we're going to have a downloadable mobilization packet, the downloadable circles of change. Uh, these are not up yet, but they will be within a week. Uh, we're just finishing writing them because uh, we keep getting more partners all the time. So we're adding all of our partner organizations uh, to them. Well, fantastic. Thank you again for being on Film School. Jeffrey Dean Brown, director, writer, and Jane Charles, the producer of Sold, a film that's in theaters now, will be around for a while. I'm certain that somewhere down the line, uh, in addition to the educational uh, release of it uh, into schools, uh, they'll be uh, on demand and all the rest of it at some point. So go see it in the theaters. The suits care about that stuff, and we need to keep this film out there for as long as possible. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks Thanks so much for having us.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.